tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! And welcome to another episode of Spotlight On. I'm Lauren Salon, and today I'm sitting down and chatting with Mr. Scott Keeney, better known as DJ Ski. What's up, Lauren? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Awesome. Well, let me let me tell everyone a little bit more about you. Okay. okay. So, DJ Ski is an award-winning DJ, radio personality, TV host, producer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and digital media executive, just uh. to name a few things. Um, in if you say so. Yeah. Hey, it's all very impressive. You got a lot going on. Uh, it's awesome. I don't know why we try. Um, in under a decade, you've generated more than 1 billion media impressions. You have a network of over 500,000 social media followers, and you've been called the Oprah of our generation. <laughs> Oprah so. music is funny. Yeah, that's right. Shout to Mark Cuban. Yeah, by the way, he said Mark that. Mark Cuban, he said that, that which I, that's awesome. I'll take it Cute. from him. If it was anybody else, I'd be like, whatever. But What does that mean? Yeah, I can see it being a huge compliment, but then also a little intimidating. Yeah, I think, I hope you didn't mean my looks or anything. I think we look a little differently. I don't know. Yeah, you're a little little taller than she is, I think. Um, So your new show, Ski TV, just premiered on Mm -hmm. Views last week. And on Ski TV, you give viewers a really unique insider look at the latest trends and upcoming trendsetters in music, sports, fashion, tech, style, you name it. Really, mm-hmm. folks that are on the cutting edge. And for everyone out there listening, you can watch Ski TV on Fuse Thursday nights at 10.30, 9.30 Central. And I can only imagine how pumped you must be right now to have it That's out awesome. there. I bet it's been so much work. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit about so much the process? Things. I mean, we've been doing Ski TV for, for a while right. online and built you know one of the original lifestyle channels on YouTube with the daily mm-hmm. programming and re- at one point even reinvented the music video business and have, have done so many different things, but to do it for TV, it's just a whole different animal with, with what we're doing. I mean, from building you know a big production, utilizing the, the production budgets and the, the fun right, things I that know. come with, with television is we've been able to build like an incredible stage, insane studios, and really add a lot of elements and really up our, our production and the quality of everything that you've seen and take it to another level. So it's been awesome, but lots of work. We were right. out sh- shooting, you know, late last night and, you know, getting up early, editing, turning things in. It's, you know, it's not like online where now we actually have true deadlines. It was always before, just get it up ASAP, but as now we have to, yeah. yeah, now we have, you know, a weekly show that, that comes on that people have to tune into every right. Thursday. And, uh, but it, but it's really fun. It's awesome, and it's a, it's a great process. Right, and there are so many different segments and different guests coming mm-hmm. on that you know, I can only imagine how busy and how many yeah. moving parts and that, there are. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the whole it. booking element of it, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> scheduling everybody on a Which weekly basis. Fun. And multiple yeah. people, you know, because you're not having just one, lot, yeah. one guest a week. And speaking of guests, you are planning on having quite a few special guests this season, including Common, Action Bronson, Sam yeah. Hunt, and tons of other people and so many people yeah even in the premiere had machine gun kelly marina and the diamonds Fashan and dj alesso so of these guests has anyone so far surprised you where you you know 
you know Ooh. kind of what you're getting into, but where you just were like, dang, I wasn't expecting that, and it was they're, it was awesome. They're all so good. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly for the first show was just great because he came out and talked for the first time about his new projects and new right. music, but he's so passionate, and his fan base is so rabid. It's just great seeing somebody go on stage and, and leave it all up mm-hmm. there, and then this week with Action, I mean, I've known Action for a while. He actually used an interview that uh, we did together a while ago as part of one of the intros for his, his last project, so um, we, we just have great chemistry, and it's great to see him blowing up and being so successful with everything that he does, Coachella to, to all that, and we also have a couple other performers like OT Genesis, who had maybe the song of the year so far with uh, Coco, I'm in love with Coco, mm-hmm. that everybody <laughs> has heard, so he's performing that, but for the first time ever, I think, backed by a live band, um, we have a new up-and-coming guy, Post Malone, who's got this record, White Iverson, that's blown up in the streets, it's his first TV performance ever, oh, plus wow. all the pre-tape segments, so it's tough to just choose one, like, I really get excited about everything, having, right. like, the biggest record, the hottest artist, and the next one, like, all mm-hmm. in one. And that's really what Ski TV is about. It's about, you know, the epicenter of all these things in our culture and really being ahead of the curve with everything that we do. Totally. Totally. And you've definitely, you know, built a reputation on being able to identify those key yeah. trendsetters. Is that something that you always kind of wanted to mm-hmm. do, like be with those up-and-comers, or is that kind of a skill that's developed or an interest that's developed over time? I've always been fascinated with new music and finding who, who's next. And even when I was a teenager, I started off uh, DJing by doing mixtapes, and which is right. all, all about exposing new records, new artists, and used to run around trying to steal records so I could get them first, be the first <laughs> DJ to get them and play them, and then, you know, breaking artists from, when I mean, you look back, I've known Kendrick now over 10 years and, and all these guys, so we, we have long relationships with a lot of these guys that you're starting to hear and a lot of people know me for playing some of the biggest artists of the last generation mm-hmm. on, on radio for the first time. And it's always been something that I'm about, and now we're really bringing it to television so we can always showcase who we really feel is right on the cusp of right. blowing up and give them that first opportunity for you know their TV performances. Totally. Definitely. So I want to talk a little bit about how you got your start. I know mm-hmm. you just mentioned mixtapes, and we'll yeah. get to that. So you moved around a bit when you were younger but grew up really in Minnesota. Yeah. And how would you describe yourself growing up? Oh, everything. I was into. I've always been into everything. It was yeah. not just one genre of music. I mean, people try to associate yourself with one thing, and obviously, you know, the Urban and Hip Hop Foundation kind of gave me my my start mm-hmm. in the industry. But you know, I listened to everything growing up, from alternative well, I mean, yeah, to pop to Sam Hunt's a country. Yeah, for sure. To you know, my mom listened to country to Prince, who you know was from like growing up at the time when he was one of the hottest artists in, ever. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the world was just incredible. And, and for me, I just was into everything from technology to sports to music to you know, fashion. And and that's really what, you know, I've just developed my channel into. It's weird. Like I've really figured out what I like and how to create a business around it at the end of the day. That's, that's all it really Mm -hmm. is. So that's that's everything that you see. And that's why I think that we've been able to build this audience that we have because it's really what I'm personally into and I'm passionate and excited about. So you see anytime where anything that I'm doing, I'm really into it because that's what my, my life has been since I was a kid. And now we're just taking it to a bigger stage. That's awesome. So you have at this point, over a hundred mixtapes under your belt, I Some believe. Some crazy yeah. number. I can't even believe and, that, but yeah, I'm sure. And you started making them when you're like 15 years old. <laughs> so how, which led to some regional recognition, how mm-hmm. did you hustle your music when you're a little it teenage kid? I mean, I was trying to make myself look like I was the biggest person in the world. And I remember <laughs> I started a website and I'd have like my friends we'd sell because the way uh, that we would still sell the mixtapes in stores, I mean, I'd sell them in my high school, but the, the real goal was to try to get all the little independent mom and pop record stores mm-hmm. to, to sell them. So I had a couple of guys that 
would kind of work with me and we'd just call stores all day and you know I'd act like I was representing somebody I would yeah, act like I wasn't the myself. PR agent for yes. DJ Ski. Exactly. I'm like you've got it you don't <laughs> have on, it. Let me get him. We'll send you these on consignment. <laughs> They're the hottest things ever. So yeah. just really going out there and, and putting in the putting in that legwork. Mm-hmm. It's totally. crazy. Um, so at 16, you started DJing mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Um, I imagine you were probably one of the younger guys uh, yeah. at the radio station yeah. there. How'd you get your foot in the door there? I started, I was doing mixtapes and I, you know, I started in my school and then I started selling them at a, at a local record store out there. And I, I remember I just kept coming in and the, the tapes were actually moving. Like they, they were good, I think. And people liked them. So I asked the owner of the store, I was like, Hey, I want to get on, on radio. There was a local community station and, um, he gave me a shot and connected me with one of the guys that did a show there. So they brought me up. I started off Saturday nights at like 4am, but it was, it was my start and foundation. And, you know, it was fun times, my earliest memory reason it's led to to where i am today awesome yeah what would you say was like your big break or even a few you know big moments that you're like okay that was this is huge and things aren't going to be the same there's been, a, there's been a couple. I mean, one was connecting with, with Steve Rifkin when he mm-hmm. offered me, you know, Steve Rifkin was the CEO of Loud and Sony right. at the time. So when I was on radio, one of my DJ friends connected me with him and I, I eventually stayed in contact and sent him a proposal on what I thought he was doing wrong with his label. So he go. offered me a job. I didn't even expect that. Yeah, I just hey. wanted to get like some free music or something <laughs> and I thought it'd be the coolest thing. And, uh, he, he came to me and offered me a job, moved me to LA. So figured a way to graduate high school a year early and moved out here, finished when I was like 17. Came out to LA, never really been out and here then, before. And, yeah, worked directly yeah, underneath worked him, for right? him. So that, that was it. And then another key moment was when, because I was always DJing, but I was mm-hmm. working more on the business side, the music business then. And a uh, key moment was around the time, right when I produced Games Record 300 right, Bars, yeah. where he went at it with 50 Cent, which is, you know, one of the most biggest hip hop disc records ever. Yeah. And I kind of got thrown in the middle by producing that record. And, <laughs> you know, that was really my opportunity from the mainstream stage to get noticed as, mm-hmm. as a DJ, as a producer, mm-hmm. as, as all those things. So I kind of use that. And, you know, I'd really say those are two probably the key moments. All right. And plus having a TV show now. Oh, yeah. Being oh, everywhere on Fuse Definitely. Night. The, what's going on right now is mm-hmm. huge. I can, you know, we'll probably lead to times more. Yeah. Open up those doors. Keep you so. super busy, huh? Yep. So speaking of radio, you were mm-hmm. with KISS FM yep. here in L.A. from 2008 to 2014, mm-hmm. which is a solid chunk of time. Yeah. Like six years as they were. Featured DJ. So, what are what are some of your like favorite memories from that? Man, it was a, it was a great it was a great experience. Just seeing how how it worked, especially in like the biggest station in the country, mm-hmm. and everybody there w- was great. And even being you know serious serious for for ten years, and in those times, it was you know it was a great run. And the artists that we got to put on and break first, whether it was having you know I brought up Justin. I remember Scooter calling me and bringing up Justin for his first interview ever yeah. up there, and you know nobody really believed, knew who he was. I remember asking Scooter, I was like, how do you pronounce his, his Last, last name, name Biber, yeah. Bieber. This some, is like, it sounds crazy now. Because Scooter called, like, yeah, I got this kid. I was like, all right, come on, I got you. And, you know, to even, you know, I remember I played Lord and got in trouble for playing her too early. Her record label didn't want me to, hmm. to play it. And I was like, oh, this record's dope. So just being able to see and play a lot of those guys on, on radio were, were always fun things. And seeing those artists early on and them grow and develop into some of the biggest stars in the world was great. Yeah. And so you left... Kiss last year because, in paraphrasing your words, you wanted to pursue other challenges and felt like you were a little tired of the traditional radio mm-hmm. formats. And not too long after that, launched Dash Radio. Yeah. So, what is your 
vision with Dash? Well, we think that, you know, radio, when you look at it, radio is my foundation and passion. Mm-hmm. And, and the true reason that everything that I do is, is kind of here is because of radio. And when you look at it now, we feel like, you know, it really hasn't adjusted with the times. You look at all these different industries. You look at what Uber's done to taxis. You look at what YouTube's done to, you know, even television. I mean, look where, where we are and, yeah. and all these different industries and how they're being disrupted by these new things. And I feel like radio is kind of next in line for that. And I feel like there's something inevitable is going to happen to it where uh, it really hasn't caught up with the times where it's, you know, it's own, only a few corporations own all of that. It's very mm-hmm. costly and expensive to get into. And it's not really that good. You don't hear all that much variety. You still hear a massive amount of commercials. So we went out and said, look, we think there's a better version of radio. Let's take it back to its core and essence of breaking new talent, breaking new mm-hmm. music, getting rid of the commercials that don't, I mean, we don't even think they work for the brands because people are tuning out when, when you play as many as they do. And playing the same repetitive playlist, we think there's, oh, yeah. you know, all these things you see. Oh, that's every my hour reaction. it just rotates, right? Same thing. And there's no, there's no variety. I mean, you look at all these because of the internet, because of technology, it's so much cheaper and stuff to record. And all these subgenres of music have blown up. Like, look at the electronic music scene, the teen pop mm-hmm. scene. And they're not represented. There's no radio stations for them. So we're like, hey, let's put together the best stations that we can all in one place. And especially as radio finally goes from analog to digital, we think, you know, as you see the connected car coming out, the old needing an AM, FM, or mm-hmm. even satellite signal is, is not going to be needed. It's right. going to be an equal playing field between us and everybody else with apps and with the Internet connected to everything. So we just saw there being a huge opportunity, and we just wanted to make radio good again. And that yeah. exact reaction that you had is the reason that we're doing it. You, you nailed it for us. Yeah, we couldn't and have said it better curated all by it's all curated by actual djs and the the biggest some of the biggest djs in the world some of the biggest brands and curators and it's free it's easy you just click Mm -hmm. on it you don't have to think or know anything you just get the best content from the best in every single field so So what do you think of jay-z's title I think it's interesting. I think, you know, uh, I'm actually going to talk about it on the show on Thursday oh, night yeah? and all the, all the streaming services. So good question. But I think that, you know, it, it, he's trying to do something different. So there, there's an opportunity right now for the artist. To, everybody's trying to cut out the middleman. So mm-hmm. the next evolution of the music business, it's gone from people buying vinyl to buying tape to buying CDs to MP3s. And now there's this streaming service, which is the, you know, the next evolution of that. And instead of he, his thought process is, well, instead of giving, you know, somebody else a, p- a cut of that action, he wants the wholesale and the retail. So it's like him, if, you know, if this was a CD era trying to open Best Buy or his own chain right. of stores that would only sell that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because Apple's about to reintroduce their whole new music yeah. service this June. Spotify's obviously the market leader and they're, they're just raising a ton of money right now. And what you're going to kind of see is all these fragmented different services where Tidal's going to have, you know, I'm going to break the news on an exclusive album they're putting there tomorrow from two of their, their biggest fans. Founders. You can probably do the math if you, if you think about it, but we'll formally talk about it on Skip TV tomorrow night. But um, they're going to put that out exclusively through through their service. So if you Spotify, you won't get it. Right. At the same time, Apple is going to is trying to get Taylor Swift and you know I think Florence and the Machine and other people and. They're going to put out their stuff exclusively with Apple. So the one thing I don't want the music to do that it has a chance to do now is kill itself again like it mm-hmm. did with the MP3 era by trying to stop it. Now everybody's trying to fight itself, fight each other for this share of the market when the market hasn't really gotten there. People are still getting new for the mainstream world to these streaming services. And if you say, oh, you have to subscribe here and here and here and here to get all that, 
it's it's a much bigger ask for the average person. The average right. person's not going to pay 50 bucks for five services no. just to hear the records that they like. Yeah. Now, what about for the more indie artists? Because yeah. that's been a big, you for know, sure. one of the criticisms of these services is that they don't end up getting, you yeah. know, it doesn't really work to their benefit necessarily. Absolutely. I mean, you see, it's it's kind of like with with everything else. I mean, indie artists still have to figure out a way to get known because mm-hmm. Spotify and all these services pay based off of how many people listen. That's, that's the business model of it. So you need to have... A mass market listening, just like the same with buying a CD. But what you're hearing too is a lot of artists complain about getting penny and royalties. But you'd hear them that saying that back when the CD was out, because right. you know the labels are getting paid, but the artists not necessarily are not necessarily always a part of that. And it's interesting now because I feel like one move that Jay Z did bad with the, the title announcement, even though I think he he has his head in the right place of where it's going, is not including a lot of those indie artists. I mean, mm-hmm. he gathered you know the 16 arguably most successful artists yeah. in the business, and a lot of people felt like oh the rich are complaining right, about not right. making much and mm-hmm. trying to get richer. He should have found, gone out and found, I think looking back, they would have done it differently. I think he actually has good intentions for it and that's his goal yeah, and he definitely. will bring those things in, but I think it came off really bad and you know, all the other companies now are running smear campaigns against it to yeah. really rub it in. So. Yeah, I know. I was reading tons of tons of yeah. negative feedback about it this oh, yeah. past week. It's everywhere. Stuff. But yeah. you know, definitely like you said, I think the right intentions just yeah, we'll see. Out, we'll see how it works out. You know? So you already mentioned how you helped to break Bieber and Lord on the radio, but yeah. you've also, you know, can be credited with Akon, Lady Gaga, Kendrick yeah. Lamar, and more people. So when you first met those artists and had them in mm-hmm. the studio to interview, did you know that they would, did you have a feeling that they'd be huge one day, as big as they are now? Some yes, some no. When I met Kendrick, he was, he was still a teenager. It was like 10 years ago when he still was going by name K-Dot. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting him and he was just like the best freestyle ever. He could just, he was just rap. Like he'd sit there and rap for 20 minutes straight. The problem was, I was like, oh, that's great that he can rap, but can he put together a real record? I was like, yeah. if he could ever make a real record, he'll, he'll be good. And he ends up making some of the best records yeah. ever now. So it's, it's interesting. He always had that talent, and we were. I always said, like, look, if he can actually put it all together and develop, because he, he was still he he couldn't have put out the, the music that he did today. Just he would just he just wasn't ready yet. He mm-hmm. hadn't put in the work, and you know he saw the struggles, and it made him who he was. But for them, for sure, for Lord, when you heard the record, you just knew it right away. Bieber, yeah, and I'm sure when you met her, she was like 12 or something. Right? <laughs> it was actually not too recently. She just came over to the U.S. the first time. The record was starting to blow up overseas in mm-hmm. New Zealand and Australia, and it was I wanted to be early on it here in the states because I heard it, and I was like, this is an instant smash. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Same like Sam Smith when he came through. It was blowing up at other places, but we saw it. But then you have like Gaga and Bieber, who I thought were really talented, but you see a lot of talented artists come through. You right. know, Bieber, it was something different just because I saw like, I remember there were girls waiting outside. I was like, I thought Scooter had brought him in. I was like, yo, well, you didn't have to like, I'm your boy. Like, I would have hooked you up. You don't have to pretend. And he's like, no, it's real. I thought he was faking. I thought he like had oh, girls come down <laughs> and no, it was all legit. But once I saw that, I, I knew that there was something more to it yeah. than just that. And Gaga I was just so talented musically with everything that she did. So you, you just knew she was going to make it one way or the mm-hmm. other. What do you think of the um, direction Gaga's been going in lately with kind of going back to the more yeah. classic stuff? I think it's great. She's so talented. I think, you know, the one negative thing about her is that she's always tried to outdo herself and, mm-hmm. and outtop herself. And she's not the type of artist that needs to have all the distractions and things always because she's actually legitimately talented. She doesn't need to do the press oh, stunts and all so that. Good. Her voice, I mean, you're seeing it with the, the Tony Bennett album. Her voice and her musicality and everything that she plays is is incredible she you know i think sometimes people get caught up because they 
see all the extra stuff and the mm-hmm. meat costume, which I get, and there, there's a yeah. place, but there's sometimes people are like, all right, what's what's next? And she got to a point where she was so big and she'd done everything. It was like, how can you top? What are you going to do next? Don't right. worry about it. Strip it down and go back to the music. And that's what she did yeah, with this project. It's incredible. Like at the it's Grammys, so awesome. the Sound of Music thing, I'm was like blown away. My incredible. dad was even texting me like, that's what, wow, Lady Gaga. Yes. And that's what <laughs> nobody realized that. So I, th- I think it's so great that she's just focusing on the music and stripping down yeah. all, all of that. And I think it's going to be great for her. Definitely. And good artists, you know, yeah. they go through those, those changes. For sure. It's evolution. Yeah. yeah. So who are a few artists that right now that are just starting out that you think have that same kind of superstar Ooh. power like a Bieber or Gaga? It's tough to put people on, on that big of a, of a level. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean, people that are that I'm just personally listened to and excited about. I mean, this this week there's a big record. This White Iverson, Post Malone is mm-hmm. performing that we think is going to be good. Uh, there's these kids. out. I grew up in, in Minnesota in St. Paul, and there's these kids. They have the group called The Standard. So okay. it's like this kid, Spooky Black, um, Alan Kingdom, who actually Kanye just featured him on his latest single, All Day. So oh, I think those okay. Those guys are mm-hmm. really, really talented. I like them. I mean, there's so many good things. There's some new stuff coming out of the TDE camp. Um, I'm into like, like a lot of the Tropical House stuff on the EDM side that I okay. think is really blown up. I mean, Kygo's already blown up. But there's yeah. some really cool things coming up in in those lanes. There's a, there's a lot of good music out right now. Yeah. We're, we're in a great, we're in like a golden era of music. It's made it, you know, it's the tough thing is figuring out. There's so much stuff out there finding the, the real good stuff to, yeah. to really play. And that's, that's our biggest challenge. So now, aside from just music, what are some of the maybe visual artists or athletes athletes or designers that are really up and coming and that you're oh, excited to watch grow? Oh, great question. Uh, besides, besides music, I mean, let's see athletes. I'm a, I'm a sports fan. So let's talk about like my Timberwolves. We've got a young right. team. So I'm excited about, we have Anthony Wiggins, Zach Levine, who, you know, Anthony's going to win rookie of the year. So mm-hmm. I've got to support, I've got to support yeah. them. So I think we have finally for the first time in, in recent memory, the Timberwolves have, have hope in the future. Yeah. I, I'm a 49ers fan and I've just, Ooh. my heart's been breaking like, you know, Ooh, yeah, it's tough a lot for you. over the last few years. You guys now, were in such a great place too. If I, if I, I would have said you two years ago, for, if I would have told you what would have happened, you would have never believed me. Like you right. guys were on, you had the future in your hands. Anyways, I'm a I Vikings know, fan. Know, so it's yeah. it's, we're finally going up. We were the opposite. If you asked me two years ago, I would have said, oh, it's all bad. But now we're on the way up. We got Teddy Bridgewater. So, <laughs> you know, them in the sports world, uh, in the fashion world, I mean, there's the stuff that changes so much. I mean, Virgil's killing with all the stuff, but a lot of people already know about his stuff. Shout out to my guy, um, Jerry, who does, you know, uh, Fear God stuff. He's been murdering okay. Kanye's, you know, all over that. So I've known him for, you know, 10, 11 years. So it's great to see him achieving success. And there's, there's so many talented people on the art side. You know, we have some of our guys that we work with. There's this crazy guy, Aaron Axelrod, who, who designed our building a while ago, mm-hmm. who's just a nut, but he's done some incredible pieces and, and true visionary. There's, there's some really cool stuff out there right now. Awesome. Cool. So obviously, in addition to being a musician and mm-hmm. in very much in the music world, mm-hmm. you're also very much a businessman. So I want to talk about the business side yeah. of things a little bit. So what kind of does a day or a week in the life of DJ Ski look like it changes it depends on the day i, I know it I depends know. on the day a, i try to look that's a tough question hopefully i can work out when i wake up or run yeah. or do something to you know clear my mind and then you know it's it's for, from the moment i wake up it's just responding to emails seeing you know getting back to messages seeing what i need to take over and then uh figuring out what to do for the day it could be you know going out and shooting a tv show could be mm-hmm. interviewing somebody it could be traveling for either meetings or for a show you know there, there no two days are the same which is great you know it's never never something super repetitive right 
So anyone who's really achieved any level of success, especially mm-hmm. in with mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial mindset, has had their fair share of failures as Couple, well. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell us some of your career setbacks oh, and kind of sure. how you powered through them or lessons you've learned? For sure. I mean, the, the biggest thing I think is persistence with with everything that you do, whether it's starting, whether it was even starting Ski TV and trying to get it on TV mm-hmm. or starting Dash Radio and trying to actually make this this thing that was just a dream come to life. There's obstacles that you face every day from how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to survive? How do you find the right people? How do you actually get it up? And then so many little things from business to, you know, service. Is, I mean, even internally with finding the right people to, to gather around to help you out with that, to getting it off the ground and getting people to take notice. And, and you face, you know, so many things that try to stop you or reasons why it doesn't make sense. And people that, especially early on in the process of creative things, people that don't believe in it or won't really, don't really get it and it'll kind of turn you away or try to turn you away from it. But if you really believe in something, you just kind of have to stay passionate and stick through mm-hmm. it. And that's kind of what I've always done. I mean, you, you face more obstacles than, than anything else, I think, than and successes. It's just being finding a way to be persistent and figure out ways to, to navigate around them. That's what I've always been able to, to kind of do to, to make it happen. Yeah. Any any specific setbacks or challenges come to I mind? Mean, every day it's like yeah. dealing with, all right, now this artist can't perform or like looking at the TV shower. Oh, he's he's got to come in later because he's late from Coachella. And <laughs> it's like, all right. And he's like, oh, now his stuff's here. He's, like, he's got to leave because he's got another show, but we haven't shot that. So it's running around and maneuvering mm-hmm. that. So I'd say stuff just i mean even recently with the tv show just making sure that we can get the timing right and set up with with all that so you know like we were we're going to be able to make it happen with action but even then they're like oh i might not be able to perform and all that and we worked it all out so it's happening but yeah, yeah. it's just like even last second things you fight through them and figure out like we had to move things around and figure out a way to to make it work we didn't just sit there and say oh, okay it's not going to happen yeah. So what's what's some of the best career advice that you've gotten, maybe from a mentor or someone else um, in the industry? I think that's one of it is, be, is being persistent. And yeah. then the other thing is, like, when you have these visions, figure out a way to go out and do them. Don't just sit on them. You know, I've been even with Dash, I've been thinking of the idea for for a while. And I was like, at one point, I was like, I just got to do this or stop talking and stop talking about it and go out and see if it's real and see if it's going to be successful and work. So I think that half of it is just, you know, stepping into the game is, is half is more than half the battle. Once once you enter it, then you can figure out how to get there. It's just showing up. Mm-hmm. So you've worked on a ton of huge digital campaigns mm-hmm. over the years, and you're super savvy when it comes to digital media and marketing. In today's day and age, obviously, everyone is, like, crazy connected, and they're Mm -hmm. sharing everything they're doing with everybody at every second. So how does somebody, you know, an up-and-comer kind of cut through all that noise Mm -hmm. in the digital space, especially if they don't have, like, a big budget behind them? That's a great thing. I don't think the—it's interesting. Everybody always asks me that, and there's not really a good answer, but I don't think Mm -hmm. those—I don't think you need a big budget. I think a lot of that stuff—I think any marketing right now is often just becomes noise because there's so much stuff out there, and what, you know, the Internet has done is provided let it provided a level playing field for everybody so we all have the same you know ability to spread something out through the same tools whether it's youtube whether it's soundcloud whether it's twitter instagram facebook and what you don't need to do is try to market to people because there's so much stuff out there you just instantly tune it out and it doesn't work it really has to like my thought process and what i tell everybody is we can't just market something even if we're good at marketing if it's if the talent if the product isn't right if the the song isn't right if, if whatever it is it really has to 
kind of do it on its own, mm-hmm. and we can help enhance that and spread it and utilize things like Dash Radio, like Ski TV to promote and to get those things out further to, to that market. But it has to be there, and there has to be a demand for it before then, and you really have to just grow it and, and get it up. And if it's good, people will find it and talk about it themselves, and that's the best marketing, and you can't buy fake or anything else you don't need to spend all this money on marketing and blowing mm-hmm. it up that's one thing that i think a lot of people go wrong with it's just yeah. go out get it out there and if it's good people yeah, will react make, make some good stuff and it'll just do it, it and then helps. push it out and you know get it to a couple people and let them if you t- if, I, if you like something you're going to tell two people and then if they like it they'll tell people mm-hmm. that's the way things that, that form there's no way to really get around that you used to be able to force things down people's throats and that's why you see old media like even radios you hear the same songs because they just try to force it down but i don't think that that's the way of the future yeah. Who would you consider some of your role models? Hmm. And regardless of industry. There's so many. I mean, one person that we were just talking about that I think is just so incredible that I feel so stupid when you even, like, you know, think of the things that he's saying. is like Elon Musk with what he's done mm-hmm. for, for Tesla and building Hyperloop and SpaceX and, and all that. He's just on another level. I think he's going to go down as, you know, one of the smartest guys in the history of the world. But, yeah. I mean, I'm influenced by so many people from different DJs, from hosts, from musicians, from producers, from artists, from business people. I really try to take influence and, and listen and learn from as many people as I can, regardless right. of what their field is. Like, I just am interested by people and how they operate and how they're successful and what gets them, what gets the, you know, what's their drive is. And that's what I try to get even out of my interviews when we're doing them on TV. It's not just about finding out, you know, the latest gossip or whatever it is and the, the generic questions that everybody else asks. It's like, all right, how did you get here? What motivates you? How does mm-hmm. this work? How did you get on? What was the keys to your success? And for for me, it's looking at, you know, beyond Elon, I really take influence from every artist that I'm around because yeah. regardless, even if it's the new, hot, fresh, young kids, like those kids are teaching me something. I'm like, wow, you made it through this way or you're doing it because of Snapchat. You blew it because of Vine and Snapchat and you mm-hmm. utilize those tools in, in a different way that I never thought of. So I try to take inspiration from everything and everybody that I come across. Yeah, awesome. So in Marked Up, which is one of the segments yeah. on Ski TV, you cover the world of tattoos. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have any tattoos? No tattoos. None. That's what's so great about None. the segment. Yeah. If you were to get a tattoo, what would it? What would you get? I have no idea. It's a question. I used to want tattoos, but that's why I never got one. I could never figure out what I'd get or something because yeah. I change my mind so frequently. And what I'm into right now, I probably won't be into in six months, right. let alone yeah. six years. So I just never did it. Plus Better my complexion, it would show so much <laughs> with it when you look at me. So it just, yeah, it, hey, it just but wouldn't that's work the point, right? <laughs> yeah, a little too much, a little more on me, I think, than the average person. So I just. You you know, I think there's so many interesting stories around them, and it's such yeah. a big part of the culture. And it's also almost for me being different, not having one now. I'm like one yeah. of the few that don't have one. What about and you? I was you like have googling one? pictures, like yep. DJ Ski tattoos, nothing. Just the tramp stamp, but we yeah, won't tell you. Just no. the butterfly back there. <laughs> um, I have two. Do you? One on my foot and one back there. Nice. Yeah. It's great. Do they hurt? No, they were they're pretty small, so it took. So, but like, you got them in like kind of hidden places. Yeah, like, I, I, can I wouldn't hide even them, know. You know. Hair down, we're good. Shoes, I'm good. But no, they didn't hurt. I mean, they took like five minutes each. So See, I just don't know what I, I don't have anything that I think I, I don't know. I changed my mind. I'm too scared yeah. of you know not liking it. That's what you know. I'm, it's weird. I'm just too scared. Oh of yeah, for for mine, I for sure you know wrote it down, like had it printed out and what it was going to be yeah. for like six months. Yeah, that's I good. That's it. good. I'm like I still like it. Okay, that's great. That's good. That's a, that's the way. It's the way to do it. So. Let's talk style for a sec. Mm-hmm. Are there any style trends that you are just sick of? Like you're ready to um, see go away? 
Let's see. Like, yeah. I mean, like the drop crotch pants and stuff. I'm kind of over those. Or like those shoes that look like gloves. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah I don't like the glide. <laughs> I definitely don't like the glove shoes. I don't like, I mean, there's there's some weird stuff out there. I mean, some people look like aliens the way they, they dress up now, yeah. too. I'm kind of over that, like the, the super extreme look. Right. Uh Let's see. Um, I'm over all these brands trying to do retro shoes and products, even when the, mm-hmm. the products aren't that good. Like, not everything needs to be retro. I just got, like, some shoes in the mail today from somebody, and we were like, why would you even come out with these again? Ooh. Like, they weren't, like, oh, you're just trying too hard. <laughs> you're late in the trend if this is yeah. years ago. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of bad stuff out there. It sucks. What about any style trends that you really like? Mm, let's see. What do I like? Um... I like, it's a great question. I mean, when I started in the industry, I was wearing like, you know, the, the, it was hot, all the big baggy stuff. And now it's kind of, yeah. now it's kind of in between that. Cause then it got like tight and smaller. Now it's kind of expanding. It's like tighter, but longer and things like that, which is kind of cool. So you kind of mm-hmm. get, you can get away with either a little bit of either way, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of cool. Um, I like some of the pants now. You can see the shoes more, so I'm a yeah. big shoe head. So yeah. we do that, and obviously, like I'm just such a sneakerhead. I got so many pairs of shoes. That's what you know. I'm always. Uh, into. Hey, that's a, a question. How many <laughs> sure. shoes do you think you have? Uh, I think I had to guess. I say right now, probably around like 2,500. Yeah. Whoa! Too many. That's nuts. Too many. I thought I had a lot of shoes. <laughs> yeah. That is impressive. So what, how does that? I'm going off topic here. <laughs> that, continuing with that topic. Do you have like a whole room for these shoes? Multiple how does rooms. That multiple work? rooms. Luckily, I have a huge garage that I actually had to get refinished last year just so I could store some of my shoes in there. Um, yeah, are they all like pretty displayed, like so you can see all them? Some of them are. They're, no, they're all, they're all in their boxes, all in like original boxes. Yeah. Most of them are unworn. Most of them are still like brand new in the boxes and stuff. It's like my wow. collection. So yeah. it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I got to figure out what to do with it. I'm, I'm looking for a bigger place. I got to do something. I'm just totally out for of room. For the shoes. Yeah, I have like two bedrooms. Room's already babies. full of him, a whole garage. It's nuts. Yeah. You rent them out or something. Yeah, right? Um, so you are big into sports, as you just mentioned. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you still want to buy the Timberwolves? For sure. Day? Absolutely. Awesome. Mark Cuban's going to help me with that. He's already set it on record, so shout out to nice, him. It's going nice. to happen. Um, so in the past, you've worked with Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's got a pretty huge fight coming yeah. up in like a month, less than a month. So... I'm assuming you'll probably watch it. Yeah, I'll probably. I'm thinking. Who, I, 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 think? I'm probably going to go out there. Um, I think he's going to win until yeah. I think he's just so quick. I mean, mm-hmm. when you watch him in person, and I, Pacquiao looked good too. I was at his last fight actually in Macau of all places, and Pacquiao looked a lot better than I thought he would. But Floyd is just when you see him in person, he's just so fast, so quick. I just don't think anybody else has a chance to even hit him, and he just outlasts yeah. everybody. Okay. All right, yeah, gonna see it live. That's probably yeah, for sure. And we're gonna see, we're gonna put some of that exciting. footage, I think, too, on, on Ski TV and yeah. Fuse this year. So awesome, yeah, that's super cool. So, in addition to everything else we've talked about, you're also a pretty active philanthropist mm-hmm. and have been involved with a number of charity organizations like the UN Foundation, Music Cares, After School mm-hmm. All Stars, Lupe Fiasco's Foundation, and. Yeah more. So are there any charity organizations that are really near and dear to your heart? Um, everything. I've, I've never done my own charity and, and people always ask, why don't you do your own? Because I feel like there's so many great ones out there and so mm-hmm. many cause and it's like, you know, I, I again, if you see, I'm so varied with all the things. I don't want to, I'm not just into just one thing. It's, right. it's, it's, it's so many different oh, things. I, so hear, yeah. I like supporting all these different causes. So like when Lupe, when we did something with him recently, he, you know, there's crazy things going on in Chicago and he's really trying to combat that. His sister runs his foundation. It's a mm-hmm. great cause. So, you know, I'm like, look, let's, I'm in, whatever 
I can do here. With the UN Foundation, it's great because I'm able to navigate between all these different causes that they have across the world. It's not just tied into one thing, mm-hmm. and so so that's awesome. And then working with just everything out here from, you know, all the other foundations, and especially like Music Cares and, you know, to Grammy U and all, all these other in, incredible things out here. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of what my passion and, and fun thing is. I, I'm really at that stage where I want to help uh, empower others and say, like, look, if I made it, I'm just a kid. I'm not supposed to be out here. If, if I did, anybody else can yeah. show that it can be done. So that's why I do a lot of those music-based charities as well. That's, that's awesome. I think yeah. that's so important to, For sure. you know, you've you've worked obviously very hard to get to where you are mm-hmm. and now are enjoying a certain yeah. level of success. And so yeah. it's awesome to you be always able have to, to give back. Yeah, to give back and to help kind of bring up the next level, generation of, of mm-hmm. business leaders, musicians, mm-hmm. all that. So what is something that our viewers and listeners wouldn't know about you? Ooh. Like a ski secret here. I'm vegetarian and I've never like... Really? Well, some people might not. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. So there's a secret. How come? Um, I stopped eating red meat when I was like 16. I just never really liked it. I was never a huge fan yeah. of it. And I just did it to, to be healthy. Up until then, then, I've been like on and off. I used to eat like chicken and stuff, but I just went total vegetarian late last... Like mid late, mid late last year. Interesting. Uh, that would be so hard. Really? Yeah, it's you know it's, it's actually easier. It's you know when it's easy when you go to like different countries like China where and you don't know what's in the food. Yeah, and I you're like imagine. you don't know what kind of meat. I'm just like vegetarian, vegetarian. You know the worst <laughs> it can be is a plant. It's not it's not anything right, else right. that it's not supposed to be. So it actually makes it easier in some aspects. Oh, and we're in, I live in LA, okay. so it's not hard to find. And oh actually, yeah, that's, that's like uh, the world's pickiest eaters here. For so you're, sure. you're just fine just oh, being yeah. a vegetarian. Oh yeah. Um. So. And addition, you know, in addition to that, with some secrets, do you have any hidden talents? Obviously, Ooh. we've talked about several of your very well-known talents. Hidden, hidden talents? No, talents. I wish. If I have any decent sense of talent, I throw it out there for the world yeah. to see. I don't have any hidden talents, unfortunately. I wish I did. I don't think I do. Yeah, I feel I feel bad. I don't have anything. I don't hidden. know. Like you can like handstand walk. No, like, I can. I can't do anything. Everything that I can do, I, I do you, you for should, work. Yeah, I'm like, hey, let's do it. I wish I could. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I wish I could like be a great dancer. I yeah, um, I can't do anything. Hey, dancing, I feel like goes right in the whole wheelhouse of what you've got yeah, going not, on in there. Not, you not, could... not for me. That's why I'm DJ. Yeah, <laughs> I could dance on stage. You'd be there. But, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll provide the soundtrack. But yeah. So, what about a song that you wish you'd worked on? So many. Um, damn, a song that I wished I'd worked on. I'm trying to think of something epic. You know what album I really like that is is Kanye's um, "My Twisted Dark Fantasy" because he mm-hmm. brought in so many different levels of real orchestras and all that, and it's one of my favorite albums from him. And there's just some records, like even the the title track on there, that I always think are just so epic. So, just to see the production within that, I think would have been really incredible to work on. Yeah. What's your favorite app? Dash Radio, of well, course. Yes, um, after Dash Radio. After Fuse TV. Let me, let me look. Uh, let me look. So I'm going to go on my screen right now. So we have, let's see, I have my apps that are that are called Waste of Time, which is like, nice. that reminds me, I can't be on like Twitter, yeah. Snapchat, Facebook all day. Um, I have all my music apps right then. I'm trying to think of something fun. Nike Running is good because I can yeah. run with it. Um, let's see, I'd say, it's a tough question. 
I'm not going to say, I can't say like email or text or anything. Yeah. You know what I like the a Gmail lot? Gmail app. There's a couple. Actually, can I say a couple? Yeah. Please. So one is Evernote. That's kind of where, oh, I, you yep, know, I yep. live by that and keep everything within that. Another is the Philips Hue. There's like various versions of it, but I connect to you because I've got these Hue lights at my house. Oh, my yeah. house is all, all wired for Those it. So it can cool. change colors yeah. or like go to the rhythms of different beats. So that's really cool. So I'd say probably those ones are fun. And then I'm a shoe head, so I like this Nike sneakers app. Nice. So. All right. And now how about on continuing with the phone thing? What's yep. your favorite emoji to use? Um, I always use the pound sign to everybody because yeah. a lot of people always hit me up on like Snapchat and I try to reply to as many people as I can because nice. they're always saying something nice. What's, so what's your I'll Snapchat? Just DJ, DJ Ski. Ski. Yeah, just DJ okay. Ski for, for everything. Um, I'll use the bomb. I'll use... I don't know, I like the, the dancing the lady because it's so I think random. The p- little poo is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I like the red dress dancing lady because oh, yeah. it's so weird and randomly awkward. So I, a lot of times I'll just send random ones to people that make no sense mm-hmm. just to see what the reaction is. You're like, this seems appropriate yeah, right? for that response. There yeah. we go. And it's like, what? It's like, take it to whatever you mean. Yeah, take it yeah. and leave it. Go with it. The new ones are overwhelming. Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm still getting They're used like, to them. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. What's the next place that you would want to travel to? Mm. Good question. Let's see. Well, I'm excited. I'm going. Um, looks like I'm going to Japan. I've never been to Japan, believe it or not. Oh, I've been nice. through other parts of Asia, so I'm going there. I think this uh, late this summer. So I'm really excited to go to Tokyo and just the whole country and see there. But I really want to go to Bora Bora, mm-hmm. stay in the huts over you know the oh, ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd say that, that's it for sure. Awesome. If you had to pick three artists to have on your iPhone, iPod, or whatever mm-hmm. music listening device you're working with this week, who would you pick? This week, um, Kendrick Lamar, because I love his new album. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'd probably go with... Damn, there's so many records. It's tough. It's on the spot. This week, <laughs> three artists. Um, you know, I'm listening it's to not like forever. Yeah, yeah. So know, Kygo not, stuff because I'm, I'm into. into oh, that's a great question. So then I say like the Kygo stuff because I really like. I'm into again like that tropical house stuff that he's kind of leading. And then um, the third one, uh, say the weekend because I was watching a set at Coachella and I really liked it. So okay. shout out to him. Nice. Yeah. What was your favorite act at Coachella? Um, or a few? I thought his was really good. I really liked Tyler the Creators. I thought mm-hmm. his was just you know. Madness is yeah, always, and right. I actually really like his his project too. I think it's going to surprise or surprising a lot of people. It's it's a little different. Um, see, Coachella, there's some good performances. I didn't go out. I was able to. I just streamed some of the ones that I wanted to see. Uh, Foster Thomas's set was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good ones. I was locking, watching Fits in the Tantrums. They're sick. There's, a, yeah. there's, good, there's so much good music out there right now. Yeah, definitely. And we were talking a little TV before this. Do you are you a big TV watcher? What yeah, are, I like binge watch shows? things. So I I don't watch. I watch a few shows, but I mm-hmm. watch like all of them. So ones I've gotten through. I'm into all the. I mean, it sucks because now everybody's into them because I guess they're really good, so, yeah. which is a good thing. But it's like Homeland to yeah, you know, what did we just get to Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy? I liked. Oh, yeah. um, a lot, a lot of the HBO stuff. Yeah, all ones, that. That's what I like. So it's it's yeah. like the HBO. That's why I was asking you what I should binge watch next. Man. Like House of Cards. But oh, House of Cards is good. Great. You have to pay. Have you watched it all? Yes, I've yeah, watched them all. One you have to, of course. I'm, I'm like halfway through season three. It's so I haven't great. watched it all. I like Better Call Saul. Better I've been Call watching Saul? that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else there is. That's really, I mean, other than that, it's like sports or shows that I, that I DVR just binge on at a time. Mm-hmm. I just binged through Californication. Is that good? I've it's, watched it's like it's, bits it's very, and pieces. Very graphic. Really? I mean, there's like sex going on every five seconds, but it's. I thought it was great. Is it good? Yeah. Because I've like oh, seen great. caught bits and pieces, but never really like, I was like, eh. 
I thought it was good. I mean, I started watching Entourage again too, just to get ready for the movie because my boy is doing all the music uh, for the movie, and it's going to be really epic. Awesome. So I'm like, all right, let me get caught back up on the TV stuff, rewatching all that stuff. That was a solid show. So. I think that wraps it up with all my questions. Is there anything awesome. else that you no. want everyone out there to that was know? Great, just that they should watch Ski TV. Oh yeah, Few, on Fuse every Thursday night, ten thirty. Yep, Check best it out. music show on TV. Yeah. It's really, really good. We we really have the coolest stage, the best artists, questions you won't see anywhere else. Yeah, so it's really I mean, fun. I was there for the launch party, and it was it's an awesome. awesome you tell experience. Them. Yeah. yeah see. Great stage setup over at Ivar Theater yeah. and the studio at the film school. It's, it's just all really cool. And as you heard from, from Ski earlier, he is on top of all the latest trends when it comes to music, style, you name it. So this is the guy to listen to. We just try to find good stuff and put it on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again no, no, for joining it. us here at AfterBuzz TV. Thank um, you guys. What are some, so in addition to Ski TV, any yep. any cool projects people should keep an eye out for? All I'm focused my life right now is Ski TV and Dash Radio. Yep. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. We'll take over the whole TV music world and take over the whole radio world, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Then I awesome. can go buy my Timberwolves. Yeah, perfect. And where can everybody find you online? Just at DJ Ski for everything. I mean, DJSki.com is the website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat is at DJ Ski. All of it. Yeah, that's it. DJ Ski. Perfect. Thank you guys out there so much. I'm Lauren Salon, and you can find me everywhere online at Lauren Salon. It's probably right here. And this has been another AfterBuzz TV Spotlight on. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV, and check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Thank you guys all for listening. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.